0: Thank you. (laughs) To of, oh, fuck. This is, <laughs> Hi, and welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host Tom and with me as always are Dan. Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Steve. Okay, so I'm going to just start this with a preamble of apologizing in advance for all of the candy noise you will hear this episode. You're yeah, welcome. It, it was a bit of a lapse in judgment on our part. <laughs> well, we didn't get any booze, so instead we have lots of candy.
1: Yeah, so it might be a more coherent episode, but you're going to hear a lot more of Dan's individually wrapped fucking gumballs.
2: I think I'm the only one drinking this episode.
1: But I yeah. have I have iced tea. Had a bit of a rough weekend, so no, that doesn't work. I'm good with not drinking today. <laughs> yeah. Three-day weekend, surprisingly enough, not relaxing. Unless there is beer still in that fridge. Pause that recording. We might have some. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just someone talk while I look for beer. Okay. Well, the So how about this,
0: this week in hobby? Steve, go.
1: Actually, I hobbied. I did. Uh, I managed to get uh, a billboard done that I can't post on Facebook. <laughs> I found a good use for uh, the lighting for that I got in Vegas, the Power Play LED kit. Yeah, LED nipples. Yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. And no beer. Oh, damn it. Sorry, guys. There's like
0: two half bottles of vodka. Wow. No oh, how
1: serious are you tonight? I can handle that. <laughs> Um, no, I got that done I also finished up The Grotesques In my Dark Elder Army And I also managed To get done A little bit of terrain And half done
0: A bunch of Infinity stuff Holy shit, Ward What didn't you do? Oh, you like Wow I played
2: some games I, Me and Steve Got together last week And oh, played the Rum yeah. and Bones game Kickstarter that I bought Everything for I knew I was forgetting Something about that That's a really good game so yeah, it was really good. I, that was the only box that I opened so far because I was hesitant until there I There are so many boxes in your basement; it's There's, absurd. <clears throat> there was a lot of boxes yeah. in my basement. I don't know uh, what you were thinking entirely. I feel like you could get for the like boxes. same thing I, I was like, thinking I like when pirates. I bought all the
1: EVP. Yeah.
2: yeah, I was like pirates. He got his. Pirates are sweet. Hey, it's true. It's it's I did get my balls right way <laughs> way before you. Uh, me and Mike played the game of, uh, Star Wars, or Star Can we just tr- come back to Run Bones for uh, a second? Yeah, okay. I wanted
1: to say, those models for being single piece, like, not Not single piece. Really? Some of them are pre-assembled. Some of them
2: are, like, the, like... Oh,
1: okay. I didn't realize t- that, but...
2: Little Tom is, uh, <laughs> multiple pieces. It's, they're hey, really nice, they're That's one nice of the characters. characters! That is literally the name, and we, we talked about
1: this. That is, we're now gonna make reference to this miniature a lot. <laughs> so, it's a, it's a cool pun, actually. Yeah. I do want to say also, though, him after. they're beautiful miniatures. <laughs> I really, really like them. I, I'm I sure Tom already has plenty of pictures of Little Tom on his cell phone. No <laughs> oh, <I really laughs>
2: yeah.
0: You're not wrong. You're just an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um,
2: me and Mike played a game of uh, Star Wars Armada. So, he played some rebels that I crushed their faces Good. with. Uh, my Mike's not here, so we can trash talk about I said that I was going to. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, so we played that. Um, I have been working on uh, some painting as well, though, so, like, mission stuff, I have been wrapping up that, so that way I can get to my own stuff. Hooray! I, I entered the painting contest, so I dug out all my um, war machines, so I can hopefully paint What faction you play? I still have Kator, That's it. I've, uh, you know what? I've Sorry been, for the uh, Tale of War Machine painters. Yeah, yeah. So I said like, yeah, you might as well put me down for another hundred points that I won't paint. But Brianson <laughs> then made a comment that he's like, oh, if we're painted a hundred points of stuff, like I would not use my favorite caster for a year. So I saw that, and he says that he feels safe. So now I feel like Who's I have his favorite to really tried Kane. Uh, you know what yeah, you should do? Sense. You should just get like
1: ten really expensive models and that's all you have to paint. Like honestly just, like a bunch
0: of <laughs> oh to, to paint like 11 jacks are good. I have yeah. a lot
2: of jacks. So that's my game plan. I have I have two shelves <laughs> in my display case now that are just all war machine jacks. Yeah,
0: so, so you <laughs> should
1: I predictions around the table Does war to get it done. No. He might get them I done cuz they're not
2: yellow. I have a year that they're not yellow. You have a whole year to paint 10 models. I have, I have a, a prediction. Year, I have a year to paint 100 points. So e, if each a one is 10 yeah. points then I can do exactly I was going to
1: say just grab like a fucking uh, uh, colossal couple other guys you're good to go yeah well to be fair you have to
0: be five colossals
1: And a few no models. you grab like colossals are what like 18 20, points 20, 20 so 18, 18 to 20 yeah so you grab one of those and then paint up another Eight. six seven jacks depending on how expensive they are I don't know Kator enough to say what the points are. You you can do this, and if you don't, I will shame you. And they're not yellow, so it might happen. I agree.
0: So I feel like we should give a little bit of backstory. For anyone that's tuning in now and didn't pay attention last year when we started talking about the Tale of War Machine Painters, it's basically a challenge between the local War Machine players here. Basically in Alberta, because it's not just... It wouldn't
2: be local, yeah. It would be Alberta-wide. Well, it's pretty local.
0: Regional, right? Um, Where the, the challenge is to paint 100 points worth of models. And so it works out to basically... You pay 10 points a month, and you've got a uh, freebie month in there somewhere because there's a month off between
2: the two. The way that he did it last year was 10 points every month, so it ended up being 120 points. This year he wanted to make it more rounded, so just an even 100 points, but you can spread that 100 points throughout the 12 months of the year. 12 months, okay. So that's the idea. So, yeah, you can pay 10 months every month and have two freebie months. 10 months wanted. every month. Ten points every month. There you go. And have two freebie months if you wanted to. So I think you should just
1: dry brush the shit out of some convergence. And paint it up like it <laughs> is. Get Mike week. to help. <laughs>
0: like this week. Yeah, Mike is great at dry brushing. <laughs> right? Dry brush Mike? Man. So the other thing is that uh dry brush Mike is my favorite person on the planet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just just for the okay, we should like, we should have that. There's for a for note, hobby. Mike. You know what? Are it you is? done your hobby?
2: Uh then no, hang on. I did something else. <laughs> and then and then work was really, really slow. So you know that uh uh, Warhammer Fantasy Tower, that's got the four, like, levels. Yeah, the yeah, Watch I cl- Fate tower. I cleaned the entire thing, so now uh, it's assembled. Nice. Yeah. That's well, a lot of little pieces. Lots of models. All
1: Lots right, models. what about this week in Battletech? Dan, go. Okay. <laughs> I made a grave mistake. Of the, the first thing I went to paint in a long time was a Battletech-scale building, <laughs> <laughs> and I decided to paint all the windows. <laughs> and it turns out there's, like, 400 of these windows on the model, so I was going to do the whole, like... I am still will you know, it'll just take forever it's weird that I don't feel remotely bad for you like there's not a single <laughs> no, no, he's me. I, getting everything he
2: deserves I just. I, <laughs> I, that's what I was going to say I, I get great enjoyment from this I get, I get texts in the middle of the week that, from Dan saying like hey uh, do you want to buy this Battletech and I'm like mm, yeah sure okay so, <laughs> wait so you're a closet Battletech fan I, no I am a Battletech fan Like, you've
0: played Battletech
1: longer it. than any of us i play Battletech you've never talked high. about it he you know, always talks I talk about, about it. it. Me and Dan high five all the time. I do. I literally drown it out. I'm usually <laughs> <normally> <laughs> you
2: I'm usually oh, over good. here, away from you. There's like a buffer of mic between oh, us. Usually, I'm really so maybe. You don't I feel bad, bad for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not painting buildings and 300 and some windows of BattleTech.
1: So. Yeah, that that got to be a lot of work in a hurry when you start. Thinking of, like, like, block it out with black, do about four or five layers of blending and highlighting, and then gloss varnishing all the windows, and there's, like, 400 of them in a building that's, like, three inches tall. Yeah, it It's a problem. A problem. Those, those windows would just be black in my, my world. So, yeah, I'm immediately regretting that decision, but, hey, it's putting paint on a model, and I put a few solid hours in when I haven't done that in a while, so... That's good. As unpleasant as it was for the last little bit, it's still progress. It's a step in the right direction,
0: and in all honesty, every once in a while, it's just sitting down and getting back in the in the habit of doing it again. Yeah, back in the groove. Yeah, a lot yeah, of it's just getting that momentum. Like uh, for me, I sat down and did some hobbing for the first time in like a month. Really? Um, actually, fuck, it might have been the first time since I got back from tour. Because I just moved into the new place and I set up my painting desk and I got all my paints out and it was clean and organized and there was no random crap piled everywhere. Yep. Know, and it's amazing the kind of impact that has. So I assembled a handful of gremlins and started painting them and figured out exactly how I'm going to be basing all of my new plaster gremlins as well, which I've always found for me is, is really that thing that stops me from working on a project. If I don't know how I'm going to base them, there's I nothing I can do to get that model done
1: yeah I hear you I'm not quite as bad but I I know exactly what you're saying like even if it's just a simple basing it seems to just make the model look finished like you have even if it's just three colors and you've got good basing it makes it so much
0: better yeah and it's it's one of those things where I don't paint my models separate from the bases so if the if the base isn't done I don't paint it
1: yeah the only models that I'm doing like that in a long time are the infinity stuff because I'm still waiting on micro arm bases
0: Uh. (laughs) <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: yeah. Well, speaking of which, I did get one uh, one base uh, mostly finished.
0: Hooray! Hey, infinity base. Yeah. So it's worked out where I've got a little bit more work done, largely just on the Gremlins, and uh, it feels good to be hobbying again. I'm really looking forward to going home tonight and get some more painting done.
1: Damn. Yeah. It, it feels good to be a painter. <laughs> yeah. Straight out of uh, Compton. Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> not Compton at all. All right, moving on. Wow, that was bad. <laughs> okay, I got one for
0: you. Shut up and take my money. Go. Let's have like a quick. Shut oh. up and take my money, Steve. I, I didn't think about this. Ward. LVO. Dan.
1: Um, X-wing new starter set's coming out. Very true. The Force Awakens mm, X-wing and Tie First thing. Order. I'm gonna uh, one up you.
0: What's that? RC Millennium Falcon.
1: Yes, the oh, little, yeah, little remote-controlled yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. drone Millennium yeah. Falcon thing. With the four,
0: awesome. yeah. <laughs> that thing is
1: so cool. Yeah, that that's awesome. That may need to get purchased. Screw the little BB-8 droid with the iPhone app or whatever yeah. to drive it around.
0: No, I want a Falcon. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> okay, Steve, you've had a good 90 seconds.
1: I'm still I was still blown away by the rest of that. You know what? I'm going to have to say the X-Wing starter set. Um, yeah, cuz I don't actually have the starter set. I've always borrowed other people's stuff because You waited long enough. <laughs> I literally waited. Well, everybody has it and the rules are so simple, like it doesn't matter. So now it's that there's actually usable stuff in there that I want. Yeah,
0: yeah. and it's yeah. like when do it. you really want a fucking X-Wing anyways? Yeah. Well, yeah, these new X-Wings happens. look pretty damn good. So, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. So, yeah, apparently
1: they are already out in target uh, in the states. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, some of the major retailers in the states got a handful as a splash release for the Force Friday. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're hitting they're supposed to hit the regular distribution channels like your local gaming store as early as the 18th
0: of so, oh, this month.
1: Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's Oh, the other thing that I'm going to say, I'm actually going to buy Alpha model the hanged. Did you look at it? Yeah.
0: So that's Is it I'm perfect?
1: Right. Yeah, it's, well, it's pretty close. Can, a little conversion will be good. Does it have LED nipples? No, it does not. Not yet.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, next time you see it. me at a tournament and I'm playing my Dark Elder, I'll, I'll show you there, but I guarantee you I cannot post that on Facebook.
0: I don't know. There's no actual news. If one of your models was
1: breastfeeding off of it, you might be able to get away with it because it's that weird political movement. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. So there you go. Now you have a conversion idea to finish the no, whole diorama. Okay. So. I,
0: okay. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Mike's not here and we can do whatever we want now, because oh. we're not going to get the shameful faces. Uh, I, a friend of mine posted on Facebook this pictures that this guy drew were basically was his dick with like smiley faces and stuff on it, and hey, put it on Facebook. We're taking a weird, no, no not not the friend of mine's, but it was like some art thing. sure. Okay. And then got angry when someone reported it on Facebook as oh. inappropriate.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. see Alex gets it
2: apparently your wife is, is looking hilarious. at different on the internet <laughs>
0: okay that's interesting anyways <laughs> moving on that was a bit of a tangent totally was but it's honestly just because I can't see Mike judging me the whole time <laughs>
2: All right. Here, let me, let me... All right.
1: He keeps us honest. Is that... He does. He does close. keep us... Well, he tries to. We're, we're he ready. tries. <laughs> and I...
0: You know what? I have mad respect for the man that sits there and tries to keep us in line. Yeah. Because yeah. that is... That takes a lot of work. It does. I can it's tell not it easy being the babysitter. He's losing
1: parts of his soul every time he does this. Yeah. Sure.
2: Every episode. Just a small portion of his soul is dying. It shreds a little bit of his humanity. <laughs>
0: All right, again. I feel like we're great humans. Yes, moving on. So first period today, we're going to be talking about Age of Sigmar. (laughs) And this has kind of come up for us because I've actually played a few games. Yep. And it's really fun. Yep. And this is is what I said. Uh, When I was down at Warhammered, I
1: played a game, and I thought it was a lot of fun. My only complaint was, I don't think it's going to be great for tournament play. Which kind of leads us into our next...
0: Yeah, so more specifically than just... Grading Age of Sigmar, what's happened in the last few months is that there's been a few fan-made either comp systems or even full-blown point systems. And the one that I've played, every war scroll they've gone through and given a proper points value to the units as well as for their upgrades. So, you make your army exactly like you used to, except you don't have to pay attention to things like Lords, Heroes, Rare, that kind of crap.
1: Yeah, so I think the first place to sort of start is to take a look at, like, does uh, so Age of Sigmar? First of all, its comp system in, in sort of a weird way was supposed to be the scenario. Yes, the scenario was always winnable uh, based on some of these sudden death conditions when you were outnumbered or ha- or whatever. Exactly. So,
0: do you think that that would work ever, Tom? First of all, as a comp system. Um. Honestly, having played Age of Sigmar no. having and knowing that it, I would I would say for beer and pretzels, yes. For tournament play, no. And why one so? The main reason that I would say that is that uh, when it comes to tournament play, it's nice to have a reference point for building your list. So one of the things when I was first approached about playing Age of Sigmar, I'm like, fuck sure, I'll try it. Um, but you don't really know where to start or what to do. You just have a bunch of war scrolls with rules, but there's no, no gauge of what the hell you're actually really supposed to take to play a game of r- roughly whatever time frame, um, whatever scale... So it's really hard to kind of get past that what do I take to actually playing a game where these point systems or these comp systems give you that reference point for tournaments especially. Uh, could you imagine rolling in with four giants and another guy brings like 80 clan rats or another guy yeah. brings like no. 14 giants? I like think, the, you, I think no the
1: biggest thing is, is, yeah, you can you can sort of... Uh, like So the GW comp system that they came out with, which is unofficial, but I mean they released it to the stores to sort of... I think, in all honesty, with the fact that they have Vets Nights and have people showing up, they need yeah. to be on the same page, and you aren't friends with the person necessarily showing up at Vets night, so there needs yeah, to the be Yeah, the social support. contract is exactly. a little bit vague when you're playing with strangers. But their their comp system was around wounds and how many wounds you could put into certain categories, which is basically very it much It was wounds per War Scroll, and you had a
0: certain number of War Scrolls you could take.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then not only that, though, they had the categories, so you could break it down to monsters, heroes, and that kind of thing, which, which in a lot of ways, just mirrored what they had before. And I think the failing of that system, though, was not that the, you were taking 14 giants, which, get, don't get me wrong, would be without any cop is totally ridiculous. That's a lot of
0: shit getting stuffed down pants. Exactly. Well, that's a big Dude, problem. and fun fact, one of the new armies coming out is an army of giants. Oh, that's interesting. I'm excited because <laughs> I own five already, so...
1: I don't could. know how I feel about that. It's <laughs> weird. Age of Sigmar, from an aesthetic standpoint, is just going into odd places. I feel like... Anyways, that's a different conversation. That's totally different conversation. Um... But their their comp system, I think, failed actually at the small stuff, where yeah. if you had a clan rat and you brought a scaven Slave, they were effectively the same, because the only benefit for taking cheaper units was if you had 20, you got 10 for free or something like that. Or and that's nine. only certain units that get those discounted. Yeah, extra based channels. on the max size or min yeah. size, I can't remember what it was exactly, but... Uh, At that point, the shitty, crappy units that do have inherent differences, Skaven Slaves are not as good as Clan Rats. Or or even
0: Storm Vermin could very well still be in that category, Oh, Storm Vermin are shit.
1: I would agree. Um, They're all the same.
0: Yeah. So Um, why wouldn't you take Storm Vermin? Exactly. Yeah. And so one of the things uh, that I experienced is playing with this comp system, and Dan's got it pulled up here. What's the name of it? Uh, The PPC one that I like because it sounds like Battletech. Yeah. It says PPC Composition Pack version 0.2. Yeah, and so basically (laughs) this is a bunch of people, players have got together and allocated actual points costs to everything. Yeah. So you create your army in the same way uh, that you did before as far as buying. Uh, It's almost a little bit more like 40k where you start with your min unit size and you can buy extra models and upgrades from there. Yeah. Um, and the neat thing too is that when I was playing my Savage Orcs I took the formation equivalent yep. of the Savage Orcs and it gave me the 5-up war paint instead of a 6-up and it said I had to take 3 units of boys a Great Shaman a big boss or a war boss and the unit of boar boys so when I was playing my 1,000 points that was it 1,500 points I got to throw in a Ragnarok and, and a Giant I like that and it felt like an army that you would take and because you've got the formations which I think are a really great add on to yeah, fantasy. I love them. Because it 40K. gives you a framework. It gives you a framework and it gives you a way to buff an army that takes generic troops.
1: I totally it's the same thing in 40k. I love formations because a lot of cases they give you benefits for doing something that could be considered fluffy in a lot of cases. It, absolutely. It's the equivalent to the tier lists from War Machine. Yeah, exactly. you have been over that before except, uh, in all honesty more variety than the tier lists yeah well because there 's just well, it 's a very different ride. thing yeah you don't you aren't restricted to a certain number of units to get that benefit because you can take it within like if you could take pieces of a tier list, I guess it would be the inside a normal list that would be yeah of
0: the, exactly okay. um, <laughs> but what I really want to talk about in regards to this who's kind of circled around the idea a little bit is the idea of fans actually making these comp systems and maybe some of the merits the pros or the cons to doing it and one of the things the question that I always come back to when I'm thinking about whether or not this is a viable alternative, is whether or not Games Workshop ever really released a purely balanced point system that was consistent over the course of three or four years anyways.
1: No. No, I'm, I'm going to say GW has, without a doubt, and I'm going to also go into the video game world a little bit, video games are way easier to balance because you can press a button and push out an update. I mean, it takes a little bit of time to do that update, but to rebalance stats, no issue at all. Yet, these games online can never get the balance right because as soon as you introduce some sort of difference you can't balance it like the only truly balanced game is chess or checkers or something where you have the exact same list as the other person even then you can argue certain players getting first turn yeah statistically i think statistically white is better because it goes first right that's most it has like a very minor win percentage over top which is why they play multiple games in a tournament yeah, like a 52 percent kind of thing. But yeah, it's like very, very minor, but nonetheless, you have to play like three games in a tournament for the finals or something like that. Um, I don't know chess that well. <laughs> it probably can. Show. And I don't think anyone really cares. Either. No, no. Um, so I'd say no, it's not going to be balanced. But there's no, in my opinion, there's no miniatures game system that is balanced, one hundred percent. And points cost is just a way to suggest balance. Yeah, it and puts you in the ballpark. Yeah. And then you still have to play the scenario, whatever. There's all these other factors, but it puts you at the approximate level where you can have a reasonable yeah. game nine times out of ten. So how do you feel about a fan-made point system? I was going to say GW doesn't talk to their fans anymore. Um, they never really have. I was still going with the, the video game thing. They're, they don't do beta testing. And that's where your fans come in. A lot of other miniatures, uh, miniature game systems do fan testing. And they talk to their really good tournament players, and get them to help them release uh, versions of the rule set that are more balanced. So yeah.
0: Games Workshop does do beta testing, but it's not an open beta testing.
1: No, and they they do not open it up to hard, uh, hardcore tournament gamers. That's not their beta test idea. That's not their... It's board. not their demographic. Exactly, and it's mostly in-house. Yep. Um, and I, I think it's actually poor, and I think fan-built systems, especially from fan-built systems with an eye towards the tournament system, if that's what you're looking to play, are much better than what
0: GW is going to produce. And that's exactly what they're doing, is these are designed for tournaments. Yeah. And then the other really cute thing about this too is that you can have different tournaments and different styles of tournaments with different kinds of comp systems Yeah. towards it. So there's going to be... I would imagine in the next two years one of these is going to float to the top as the best. I would hope so, but my my concern, I actually think that
1: uh, without some sort of strong backing or strong event, because let's be honest here, the fantasy tournament uh, scene in North America is so incredibly dead. Yeah, Uh, relative to ITC with 40k and... Or War Machine. Any other, yeah, Steamroller, any of those type of formats. I can't think of a single, like I mean locally here in in our little corner of the world, fantasy is actually still pretty healthy. But I can't think of a national level or international level fantasy event that I would go to. No. Uh, And I think that's a huge problem for the Age of Sigmar community right now is there is going to be no louder voice than the rest. And if uh, that's, I think that's that's, that's not going to, there won't be something that
0: will float to the top. There might be in Europe, maybe some sort of something like the ETC. But if it floats to the top in Europe, it'll probably find its way around. But the other thing that's really cool about it, but ETC hasn't taken hold here. No. That's because for the longest time, there one of the problems with Games Workshop in the last 5 years is that the way that they created their codices and their army composition, it kind of threw the traditional comp system that we used to see. Yeah. Like that 6, 7, 10, 12 years ago out the window. Yeah. Because that was no those comp systems would no longer encompass Making armies that were really fluffy. So you want to talk about
1: fan-made comp systems? Take a look at the ETC rule set six, seven years ago. I mean, they basically rewrote codices and rewrote points costs uh, in a lot of ways. Like it was, it was pretty in depth. Yeah. Um, And it was, but the reason that I think Age of Sigmar will be more successful with the fan system is Age of Sigmar is simpler. Fantasy was a very complex game, and then you added on a very complex comp and point system with ETC.
0: Age of Sigmar is, here's our rule set, we didn't balance it, there's some cool scenarios, that's it. And on top of that, you're no longer having to have the same level of internal balance there because you do have access to allies like, that you didn't have before. Yeah. So if something's brutal, it can be brutal for everyone. Like, you, and again, the scenarios, the biggest thing, so I've, yeah. really a fan-made comp system that's taken
1: off in a way is ITC there's very minimal restrictions like you only have three detachments no uh well two duplicate detachments um but that's really about it i mean some of them isn't there a limitation to
2: lord of war only one super heavy lord one
1: super heavy that kind of thing but it's not that that's pretty minor in terms of comp it's not completely out of the ordinary um but the biggest thing for them that balances their game system more than anything else is their scenarios their scenarios have multiple paths of victory so each army has a way to win the primary and secondary are different enough and achievable by anybody that is the biggest thing which is why I, when Age of Sigmar said no more points cost are doing it all by scenario I thought that could actually work really well
0: and I've played two scenarios now um, the first one was basically cleanse, but because it's a 6x4 there was 6 sextants oh so like 2x2 uh, uh, two by two, two by two
1: can squares. there be quadrants if there's 6 of them no, they'd be technically sections. not. But yeah. you would have you would have two by two sections. Yeah. Anyways, and so it was basically old school cleanse. So if the realm of battle board would be perfect for it. Yeah, yeah and that I was, was exa- yeah, it I was very suspicious about that. Like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It sounds like a great way to sell like eight hundred dollars for the table to put your eight hundred dollars with a castle on yeah. to play with your twelve
0: models. But that was really fun. And then the, the one <laughs> that I played this morning, you basically set up in the the center line of the board. You have three CD sized objectives. Um, like one of the very markers? Kind of yeah, stuff. basically. Okay. One in the very middle, and then two 12 inches, or 18 inches either side of that. And then in your deployment zone, 12 inches towards you from the center one, and then 12 inches towards your opponent from the center one. Each one is worth six, except for the one in your zone is worth three to you and nine to your opponent. The one in your opponent's zone is worth oh, three smart. to them and nine to them. It's to get
1: across the field and take their yeah. objective.
0: Yeah. And that actually, combined with just... The general ease of play with the new mechanics was a really good system. On the, the last two turns, you actually had to question whether or not you're going in for the kill or just trying to camp on the zones. Yeah. That's, that's one of the it scenarios exactly like that, where you have a, one that's worth
1: one point that you place in your objective, two in the middle, three in your opponents, and he has to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, really useful because it forces you to be mobile. And makes the game way more fun, and guard armies can't compete with that unless they have some mobility. Yeah. Like anyway,
0: so we're getting a little bit off track with the idea of just this fan. Sorry, I can't system. stop
1: talking about forty k. I can't. get it.
0: Now. <laughs> um, now, one of the one of the sales pitches that I really like to say for it is with Games Workshop when they released the Codex, you weren't going to see another one unless it was Space Marines or Orcs um, for fantasy or for Eldar, an, or, or Eldar for like another five six years. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally, like eighteen, if you're what else? Yeah. Yeah, well... Tch. God knows how long that actually was, but it felt like an eternity. Trust me, man. As someone that played What I was in 5th edition, I fucking get it. <laughs> but, uh, no, so whereas this can be updated basically at the push of a button, like they're already talking uh, about modifying points costs from where they are right now. As yeah. they collect more data from games played, they're going to be modifying slowly to see how Well, there goes. was a comp system. I don't know if it's the PPC that uh, literally took
1: the stats... Ran them through a uh, model of if you need a 3 to hit, this costs 2 points. Yeah, because a- it is it is very easy to figure out... Because you're to hit into wound values don't change based on what you're attacking. Mm-hmm. So the offensive output of every unit is insanely easy to compute. Yeah, so it's basically those intangibles or some of the special rules that they need to properly points cost. But yep. getting a character or a, just a regular infantry model with a certain stat line, they can balance that almost... I, right, like mathematically yeah. balance it. Now, I mean, again... They need to figure out specifically what is better and how what counts for more. And what's an, what's an inch of movement worth? That sort of yeah. a thing. And those
0: things, I think, will, like you're saying, with more data, uh, rebalance themselves. And the thing I like the most is that they're open to this. Yeah. And they're encouraging people to give them that feedback and give them that information. Yeah.
2: How frequent, though, is that feedback? Because, I mean, if, like, they're getting emails, like, every day and they're trying to change everything, like, once a week. Yeah, that's the other it, downside of that. Like, yeah, then and it, so it throws stuff. it off, right? And then you're like, well, yeah. what am I going to use? when If I'm running a tournament, if this is updated so frequently, like, when do I cut it off? And that's the prior version that we use.
1: Yeah, that's the interesting thing where if you go to their yeah. website, the army books are in version 0.5. And the main rule set is at version 0.2. So obviously, the way just based on their numbering system, it is a work in progress. They're not considered to be final, set so in stone al- values by well, any they, stretch. So it's
2: almost like every month they're releasing a new version.
1: I I don't know that for sure. Well, but it's certainly I'm saying, imp- like, it's certainly implied yeah. that those numbers are going to development, change. development, they haven't hit a major release yet. This exactly. is still all beta until they hit one. So it is maybe they exactly.
0: Are. Yep. and one of the things that I would probably say is um, hopeful is that they're not changing rules. The rules are not changing. All they're doing is points cost. That's it. So all you have to do. And they're adding like a force
1: organization. Like if you're not playing by detachment, you still have to like, you know, the twenty five percent war machines, twenty five percent monsters, you know, fifty percent heroes. Like there are minimums and maximums. it's very similar.
0: And one of the things that if just for your exact question there, Ward, all you have to do is your points costs are Uh, final as uh. of when lists are due. Lance, sorry.
2: There you go, thank you. Your,
0: your points costs are finalized when the lists are due, right? So if your lists are due a week before the event, whatever points costs were out, up to date at that point, as of that day that they're due, that's what you're using. Yeah, that's that's the thing, though. Again, until you have that strong
1: voice that comes out as, we're like Adepticon. We're the biggest one. We're going to use this system and a it lens its weight and it's credence. It's tough. It's really tough because you're buying an army, not sure... If it's going to work for all tournaments, like Th-
2: that's what that's what I was going to agree with. Like, there's got to be some sort of trickle down. Like, if I'm if I'm running an event and I'm using some guys out of the basement uh, list that he's compiled and such, right? And then they're using a different like event. There's so many different like groups trying to do this now. Nothing is like leapt ahead as this is the yeah, standard that's that could, being. Now, but this is up.
0: three months in.
2: It is. It like
0: is. I feel that this is something we yep. can't really be critiquing until a year. And well, to be fair, as well, this is. This is the first time that I'm aware of where
1: the, the rule system didn't include a point system at all. Yeah. So with other systems, it was occasionally like, you know, we've been playing this game for a year or whatever. There's certain things that work better than others. So it was kind of that slow evolution. But in this case, it was literally like blank canvas. So you had that much stronger incentive to go forth and create the, um, these, these various systems. So I think this system will evolve faster than any other just because
0: there was such a void in the first place. Yeah. And you can see it with how far they've come. And one of, the, one of the arguments that I would make is that with the way Age of Sigmar is set up with the formations, I imagine um, you would still take your army, whatever the formation is, mostly in, the, in that entity to any tournament, and then you might lose or gain one or two models here and there. Especially if you're talking about something that's based on a specific point system. Yeah. So it's not like they're saying you can't take this unit size, you can't do this, that, or the other. It's just yeah, you're either going to gain or lose a model here or there.
2: It's not hamstring everything completely, but yeah, who knows how they're computing? If that's they're the using thing is because it is open. We don't know.
1: Yeah, you I mean, and that's but, the other thing too is wrapping your head around if they decide a regular infantry model like the shittiest thing in the game is worth, I don't know, one point and their their scale is different than all the other systems, or there's some... It's just going to be hard to wrap your head around. It's going to be a lot of...
0: It's a um, similar scale to fantasy used to
1: be. Yeah, but I'm saying the other ones that may be competing with this may use completely different numbers or yeah. some other system, which which could cause some... I don't know uh, confusion. Or
0: we'll actually have a great system that encaps-
1: I hope encapsulates so. how I really should hope be played. So. I've always wished that there was a way to gather. This is the thing about they're halfway there. Like, a, like back to the gaming world, you get all the telemetry you want because it's a software on the internet it just reports back. If you could get gamers to report accurately their games back to you, you could balance this really quite easily. Yeah, getting that granular level know, of detail is going to be the big challenge with tabletop gaming. Yeah, you're going to have this group, which may have, I don't know, let's say it has 100 members contributing to the rule set, or their points cost, I should say. Uh, you still don't have a large enough sample size, because they're not playing enough games.
0: So here's a question for you. With every unit. What do you think about Vassal Battle Reports? I That's not a terrible way of doing things, either. Because um, that's an easily trackable. I don't know how many It wouldn't be automated, so from, like... You'd have to do, like, screenshots and, and detailed reports, but... Uh, I guess there are some because I know you can screw some laws with would
1: be required for
0: that. Like with X-wing, there's actually somebody who
1: did write a program called was it Lady Luck, where it actually tracks the um, the swings in luck. It tracks your, it basically tracks like how far off like off of standard you are in the deviations. Mm-hmm. So you get to know like did my dice actually screw me over or not? Because there, because there were issues of whether or not the dice and vassal were actually truly random. Oh, Because some people were noticing they seemed, in their opinion, to be more prone to swinging like, extremely far one way or another. It would often balance out in the end, but you might feel like if you rolled 18 attack dice in your own X-Wing, you might get like one hit. Oh, wow. And a lot of people were saying, I played a shitload of games in tabletop and never noticed a trend like that where it happens they would say fairly regularly in Vassal. Yeah. So somebody did code Lady Luck to break down it would basically detect how frequent these obscure trends were in the actual data. And whether they were stati- statistically significant. So assuming somebody with the coding and statistics degree got super into it um, for the <laughs> Age of Sigmar, like we had with X-Wing, because there are some you know, very like you know PhD-level statistics and mathematics and computer programmers. So what, you're, what you're
0: telling what me on. is that we need a math-slash-computer-science nerd who plays Warhammer... I'm saying the odds are good that they're out there, <laughs> but getting them to actually put that much work into Vassal, who yes. knows?
1: Yeah, I can tell you right it's now, possible. being the it's computer a lot science of work. nerd sitting at this table, no, no. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but it would be interesting to see if you could actually break it down and balance it on real tangible data. My, and this is the only system I think that the fans could actually do this, because... GW can't. There's no way that they're going to go out and hire that programming well, to do it. And not only that, but with Games not Workshop... Not when they're busy
0: spending like four million dollars on website
1: upgrades. Oh God, give me that please. <laughs>
0: um, my favorite thing about Games Workshop is that there was always something else behind the army books. There was never just purely let's create a balanced thing. There's always and not necessarily in a malicious way that they were trying to swing the codices in any way, shape, or form but it would always be down to the whim of the developer as to what he thought was cool. Oh yeah, Totally. And Which it, was also a good thing because it, it kept, could be. It kept
1: the feel of the book consistent. There wasn't like a design by committee feel to any of GW's books, ever, in my opinion. No. But you Empire because they're always the same. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Except for when they just
0: add <laughs> random shitty things. But like, no, no as much about. as
1: you you may not like Matt Ward, but a Matt Ward codex very much felt like Matt Ward. You know what I mean? I yeah, get, his I kink's
0: get not that. my kink, but I get it.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. And <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like Age of Sigmar is much more committee-based.
0: Yeah, and it, I feel like it doesn't have, um, it doesn't have that same sort of feel. Okay, so I'm going to say this. Like, having here's the thing: so I played my Savage Orcs for the like I played them once last year, and I haven't play, and I didn't play them in the last couple of years. I played them again twice in the last two weeks. Yeah, that's pretty and- resounding
1: success around here. I did not have fun playing Fantasy at Warhammered. I thought it was like probably one of the least balanced games and the least amount of fun I've had playing. And that was 8th edition. That was 8th edition. And that was not anything to do with the tournament. The tournament was awesomely fun. My games themselves, even the games that I was playing, good people, uh, competitive games, they just weren't fun. No. I didn't
0: enjoy the rule set. No, whereas this one's great, and the scenery... Is less restrictive as far as maneuvering, but more interactive and in with what it does to you. Yep. So, like, there was one scenery piece. There's a reason to buy their scenery. You don't even have to. Yep. You can make it, but. No, no. Like, there's a roll in the chart for just what you roll for every piece of scenery on the board, and all scenery has just the basic rules of cover, and then you roll to see what other effect it has. And it yeah, doesn't okay. fucking matter what it is. But I'm
1: saying some of that scenery you can buy for your army and add yeah, extra effects. Absolutely. And, kind of and I think that's huge. Uh, And I think that's the other thing that's interesting is those point systems rarely take into account synergies. Yeah. They never ramp, and that's the other thing. I don't know, and I haven't played enough Age of Sigmar, to. does the game offer a lot of synergy? There are certainly character types that do. Like there's, um, what is it? There's one of the Stormcast Eternal models where units that are within X amount of inches of him, whenever they roll a six for a save, they gain a model back. Yeah, so that those, type of stuff. So there are force multipliers. Those force multipliers, you cannot balance on a fixed point scale. You and with kind of allies, especially scale. with allies. Yeah. So I think again, this fan system is a great step in the in the right direction, but it all comes back to can you balance with points? And I, I would say no. It's just a framework for a good conversation. Yeah. yeah, puts you in the ballpark
0: and that's yeah. all it is because that's all any system really is I do applaud these guys like crazy for
1: doing this I think it's necessary and I'm glad that somebody's willing to take the the torch with it right off the bat and I hope that their system goes far and if they are willing to uh, come back and fix their um, their system and just make sure that it's up to date and and every indication is that that's their intent they'll probably they can rise to the top pretty quick as long as they're willing to do that balancing
0: yeah and I just want to sign this off S- specifically, just with I've played two games of fantasy and I want to play more. Yeah, that's good.
1: Like I said, that's we still can't get Mike to try it, but I I <laughs> will play with my Skaven. I have no problem with that. And the best part is, is I can maybe go back and visit a few models and have like oh I don't know forty Skaven models on the board. Then I can like three hundred put some actual well. To be into. fair, I was
0: playing with close to a hundred orcs. I see. I don't like that. I want to play around that forty. Like, but you can you can do that, especially if you're going molder and doing the bigger really stuff. I really hope that's what they balance towards. And well, the reality is it all comes down to point sizes. Still, again, but and I hope the tournament
1: scene balances towards that. A horde is at forty. Uh, like Malifaux is, in, is in my opinion, a little too small. That mm-hmm. twenty to forty model range is pretty pretty good. That's a reason why War Machine is in that range they, too. Kind of,
2: they kind of got to give you also like an estimate too on time so like as an organizer like yeah. if, they, if they can give yeah. you like hey we're thinking about X number of points is going to run you this long for an event per game right so you got to have an idea for that yeah. so if that way you're organizing it then you know what it plays so much faster
0: oh my god like I played yeah. a 1500 point game which again um, based on what I had in my army would have been anywhere between about 2,000 and 2,500 because the, the trick is you don't take as many characters in Age of Sigmar, you don't, or you don't have to, right? Um, it's not a hero hammer? Well, the thing is, the magic phase alone is just not the issue that it used to be. Although, I totally won the game because of the magic phase. But that's fine, but it's a lot faster. The magic phase well, is it's, way faster. you have one spell. Yeah. You and you, like, you don't. succeed on a five plus, I think, is the rule. It depends on what it is. Yeah. Different, <laughs> different casting guys, <laughs> but like, the, my Coming Savage back, George full circle
1: to another episode. Remember Warmaster? Yeah. yeah we were playing?
0: <laughs> it's the exact same magic system mm-hmm. almost identically so yeah my Savage Orc Shaman has the foot of I roll 2d6 I've got a 6 or higher it goes off I roll a, D, a d3 that's how many wounds the model takes no armor saves it's and, more I, roll a, t- and mortal I roll a d6 wounding. mortal wounds and a 4 plus I do it one more time Yeah. so this potentially does 6 wounds to a model and that's it yeah. no saves of any kind whatsoever because they're mortal wounds Yeah. it's, mm. pretty, it's a pretty simple system Really, really nice. And it sounds like it's silly, but it, I totally used it to finish off his general that won me the game. And that's that's the <laughs> other thing. Like the the
1: well, we'll we'll talk about that later. But like all the war machines are much simpler, which I don't know a game coming back to points cost. Some of the crazy effects that were really cool and gave them feel are kind of gone, and I think they're easier to points to balance out now. I think they're yeah. a lot that's easier because the cannon's value was completely dependent on what you're shooting at like yeah. are shooting at a character on a dragon, and you can get, like, an 800-point kill in one shot. Versus if you're playing against that Skaven army where it's like, I killed a handful of clan rats. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Which is a game why they balance by, by scenario. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so I, I'm very optimistic with where Age of Sigmar can go from here. Uh, me too. Me too. And if, I it's hope, not going to replace any other games that
1: I'm playing actively. I hope it, they, the tournament scene picks back up. I really hope it does for them because, frankly, that fantasy sort of like that high fantasy uh, niche in wargaming doesn't really exist right now. Especially not not seemingly a lot of games. Other than if you want to get into like Mantic or whatever. Yeah, but that was but, really just the fantasy ripoff in the first place. Yep. Yeah. But like that, the large scale fantasy game really was GW Warhammer Fantasy Battles niche for a long time. Yep. Yeah. Which and it would be a shame to see that go away. So I really, I'm definitely really wishing it. them the best. Yeah. I'm still not sure. Will I be playing the game? No. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I think it comes down to maybe. Like, I mean, playing at Beer and Pretzels is a breakup sort of game, like uh, between um,
0: my other systems that I actually. But let's say there's a tournament that's not also running 40k or any other games that you like to play, (laughs) so it's not running. Forty k. Let's say it's just a machine. fantasy tournament.
2: Let's say it's Paul infinity tournament.
0: Yeah, let's just say it's a fucking fantasy tournament, Steve. It's just a fantasy tournament. That's it. Yeah,
1: what Would you think about going? Oh, I totally play a Warhammer game, but that's, that has nothing. They could play l- literally snakes and ladders, and I'd go because it's so fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but even locally, like let's say one of the one of the smaller so. shops is like, let's run a fantasy tournament. Maybe. And they're like, I might. Let's you know, do a thousand points, Age of Sigmar. Go.
1: Maybe depends on who else is going. The thing is, is I I could paint models that day. That's Four. fair.
0: You know what I mean I, I could, could paint windows that day. And okay. Shoot okay. Now here's the question. And you for do you. not
1: count. There <laughs> right. no one
0: runs BattleTech tournaments. Okay. But here here's the the second part of that question. 6 months ago, if someone's like we're running a 2000 point fantasy tournament at the store, would you have even
2: considered it?
1: Zero chance. Yeah, it's it's gone up in my books for sure. Age Thank of Sigmar you. wins. Hey. Um uh, so oh, it definitely wins, definitely. Wins. It puts them back on the radar. I think
2: Age of Sigmar didn't have that problem for me at least. It's it's the matter of like so many different people are trying to organize play and it's just like well who's who's are you using but that's that's a game they have
1: to have a tournament scene that, that comes alive like there has to be an Age of Sigmar well, I think it's X-wing let's, region, let's I think it let's will get the, interesting once somebody takes the plunge and just picks a system and runs a big event and see what happens.
2: Like, yeah, let's we say need, like the Nova data S- points. Hey, we're gonna do this. It really, in this, all honesty, is, I think the
0: first big event that's coming out that's gonna play well, this Nova system. just happened, and they did run the Age of Sigmar, but. I I don't know exactly what system they used. I bet you the big one that's going to be the litmus is does uh, LVO
1: use the Nova Sigmar rule set? Because that yeah, that's a good point. There's still a few more months to get the rule set finalized and published before if they both the go event with happens in February. If they both go with the same system. That would set a pretty solid precedent, yeah. I think, and it's, at least in North America. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. For a way it's, I'm sure a would follow. Year, so.
1: Well, yeah, it would be pretty uh, interesting if a followed. But those, I mean, those fantasy games are like. The forty K portion is like well, they sold out for uh forty K championships at LVO that's two hundred and seventy or two hundred and eighty players just in the championships alone, not to mention the narrative and thirty K and all that. So like four hundred to five hundred forty K players, like twenty fantasy players. There's more drop zone, there's more War Machine, there's more Infinity, there was more dreadball. <laughs> like, there's lots of room to improve. Yeah, so I mean... Was this at Nova, or is this... That was at uh, LVL this last year. But that was still under 8th. So if they go up to like 40 Age of Sigmar players, holy shit, they doubled their attendance. Apparently Nova had over 100. Age of Sigmar? Yeah. Huh. I want to fact check that. That sounds insane. And if it does, (laughs) that's
0: awesome. That's a huge success for Age of Sigmar. Um, Okay, so I feel that this is really fitting. Um, So between this segment and the next one, we're going to talk about gap filling. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so we're gonna sit here and just like I don't know fill air with
1: with just music just fill the gap not talk yeah is that mind the man? gap yeah okay well who's what music are we playing I don't have anything ready Yes, flute do 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 Street <laughs> <laughs> <Baker> I, <think? laughs> I think what you actually mean is gap filling up miniatures correct yes okay Not just awkward pause weird.
0: filling dead air so cool. <laughs> I feel, for me, there's kind of three styles of gap-filling. You've got the old-school use of green stuff, you've got the liquid green stuff, and you have the po'boys superglue and accelerant. Yeah, that's my <laughs> method. Yeah. Can you guys think of any others, or maybe you want to elaborate on any of those three, like your favorite ways to use them? My favorite way to use them is super
1: glue and accelerant, because I'm lazy as shit, and it usually works <laughs> pretty darn good. Uh, except I will say with that one one of my pro tips is wait for the super glue to dry when you file it otherwise it ruins your file forever and you have to throw it out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a problem when you have super glue filling up all the grooves on your needle file Yeah, and you get a nice smooth needle file
0: and yeah, just don't do that. Otherwise you're good And I also find I try to avoid detailed areas oh, yeah. for that style of cap Totally. It yeah. works really well for large flat armor plates. Also when you're in a hurry, it works really well Yeah, if you want <laughs> it to not take 24 hours to cure Yeah, if you
1: want to do a, uh, a really good job on a model you like, don't do that uh, go into something like, I still think, uh, green stuff is the best way to go. Um, especially for filling, uh, gaps on bases because you can, everybody remembers the old slot of bases. I don't know which system still. You know you can use just them. use masking tape or something, right? Yeah. You know what
0: I do? Just chuck it, the balsa wood.
1: <laughs> it, I found my masking tape always had issues with like poking holes in it or that kind of stuff. I never really liked masking tape, especially when you're painting water over top of it. It'll soak in, do that kind of stuff with like PVA glue and that kind of thing. I never liked it. I always thought the easiest way to do it was when you put all your models together and you have them sitting in the slot of base and you just get a little bit of green stuff, just stuff it in the bottom, squish it down on the top, cut it off in the bottom. It's fast. It's permanent. Fair enough. Perfect. Fair enough. Really durable.
0: So, Ward, what, what do you normally do for gap filling?
2: Um, depending on the piece, if it's a small, like, little thing and I'm lazy and I don't want to spend 24 hours letting green stuff dry... I will use the Superglue Accelerator.
0: Yeah, okay. lord. So, for people that don't know exactly what we're talking about, can, one, can someone elaborate on so, that?
2: So, basically, there's a, whole, there's a hole on your model that you want filled. You, you have... You, okay, you jam oh, tip. You, can you move one step further ahead? You jam super glue in that bitch, and then you spray Accelerator on it and let it dry. Okay, now
1: you have to... There is one caveat to that. You have to use a cyanoacrylate that is actually... uh has... It's a thick... Acrylic. Like yeah, you can't, thin don't work. You can't use the thin stuff because it's just not going to work. Because it'll run through the gap. Yep. Um, that's all I do. That's pretty much it. So no, The other yeah. thing
0: that I normally do with it as well is I'm not applying it directly out of the, out of the bottle. Oh, I'm yeah. normally running it along a uh, paperclip or something like that, along the seam, and then spraying, so I've got a little bit more control over where it's going. I have zero control. So
2: it takes... <laughs> it Honestly, takes no more uh, real time. I let go of the wheel, and I just <laughs> spray. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's my plan. Just literally use
1: the nozzle. <laughs> just the fast and furious method. Oh, exactly. There you go. How did that work for Paul Walker? <laughs> so, it worked great and he wasn't
2: driving. There you go. Um,
1: <laughs> it didn't work so good for his so other
2: friend. Depend, depending on how much there is to like actually fill, yeah, the super glue accelerator method works pretty good. So
1: The other issue is if you're going to cover your fingers in super glue, don't, don't use the accelerator because you will burn yourself. Yeah, real bad. Exothermic reactions that happen immediately instead of over several hours release a lot of heat very quickly.
2: Unless you're planning a life yeah. of crime and then put it on your fingertips and then that way you will have no... doesn't features. work your
1: fingertips regenerate. But anyways, uh, you're... You have only a day or two. Yeah, we've got a couple little little bit of time. Um, <laughs> to get those crimes in. <laughs> you get those crimes in. pro tip from Hobby Night <laughs> in Canada if you're connected with crimes... Burn off your fingertips and they
2: commit the crimes
0: within 36 hours With
2: With super glue An accelerator You couldn't just put
1: the super glue on your fingertips and let it dry
0: And not burn them (laughs) Steve, who has that kind of time? Yeah, right? You've only got 36 hours to rob that (laughs) bank (laughs)
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, the other thing with like bigger gap fills with the super glue and accelerator is that the super glue will take time to dry all the way through, so you're only preventing. Yes, you're only the accelerator doesn't
1: penetrate inside those really deep gaps, so you might get the soft gooey inside. Yeah, and that is how the you Destroy your files again. That's how you destroy. your files <laughs> um,
2: that, uh, usually, what I'll do though is I'll have either liquid green stuff or green stuff, depending again the severity of the issue to fix and uh How about material
1: because i tend to only
2: use uh the actual green stuff on metal models
1: and like the poorly fitting resins i rarely use it on plastics
2: no, I'll still use it on both, actually. Really? Um, j- just the tools that I use to apply them will be a little bit different. Okay. Uh, the metals themselves, uh, if you can use a file on it and still not get rid of like a lot of the detail. If you were to do that on a plastic model, typically you'll get like file streaks sometimes. Yep. Um, but with the liquid green stuff, uh, Mike brought this up to me when we were at the art store. There's some like rubber tipped uh, brushes. Yeah, clay shapers the, or whatever. Yeah, with a couple different shapes. So yeah. those with a little bit of water will lend itself to, like, blending really softly. Really? I've actually
0: even just used an old paintbrush.
2: With, like, an old paintbrush of liquid green stuff. Yeah, you could do that, too. While well, applying, that's what I do to apply.
0: No, and then you take it and then just, like, clean it off. Yeah. And wet it down a little bit and use it and kind of paint around like the air do the brush strokes around the area to smooth it out
2: you can uh, yeah I've done that before but with these rubber tips you can actually like use it and push into like corners and cracks and crevices to get like the green stuff all the way into something
0: I found liquid green stuff doesn't really have enough consistency to push I think he's talking about regular green stuff he said liquid
2: a little bit of both Right? No, Depending. I'm confused. Maybe my maybe, confused. maybe my green stuff's a little bit chunky and a little bit thicker, but it still works. I don't know. Or it's sharps, but <laughs> anyway, it works for me. But yeah, like the rubber, the the rubberized okay, tip cool. brush. Um, and again, like I said, there's different shapes. So there's like, um, like a, a cone style for like rolling if you need to. There's, the uh, there's hard some wedges. Corners, yeah. yeah, there's some wedges. So it really lends itself to like push stuff green stuff around where you need it to go or smooth it out as you're blending towards like edges, the edges of the green stuff.
1: See, I've always used my uh, green stuff for a lot of the metal models as actual, um, in a lot of ways, like with uh, wings on griffins and that kind of stuff that I used to do way back in the day, I would use a pin and then the green stuff actually in the joint and just smash it out. And then fill it away. So it would actually also hold the weight. It'll work as a, like a, a yeah.
0: glue. I did that like with a crap ton of Tyranids in third Ed, And it actually works
1: surprisingly well. Yep. You get a really good joint. You just have to, like, you, ha- you can't do that with plastics, obviously. But the plastics usually fit together well enough that you don't need yeah, the to the same the Plastics generally don't have those giant gaps. because yeah. The gaps are generally from a deformation of the molds. Yeah. yeah. Which metal, yeah. like steel molds for plastic injection don't, yeah, really, don't, don't really warp so much. Yeah, but, so you could get away with a lot more with uh, with metal models for just being a little more aggressive with the green stuff filling.
2: I've, I saw somebody just post recently on one of the local groups. I forget which one offhand, but they were building the um, new piece of, like, Age of Sigmar train with the big globe the Oculum, on it. The Oculum, yeah. And then they... There were some serious gaps in that minute. They covered the entire thing with what it looked like was going to be, like, a plaster filler, and I was just like, oh, my. Oh, uh, that's not the picture I saw. <laughs> that, it was pretty much, like, white. The, all, like, the... The stairs or like the upper like level was just like all like white. And I, I can just like, see I don't think that's going to work so good for you. Smooth curves that are thin will warp when they
1: come out of the the mold. If they take them out too quick, so I can see some of the bigger train sets having that issue. But again, with that,
2: with plastic, just you use hot water. and exactly. you can move it back into shape. Or hot water closer, and plastic
1: bands, and you're probably okay.
2: Closer to the initial shape, so that way again your green stuff or whatever filler you're using isn't that extreme right it's not structural green so oh, this stuff this stuff like looked like like if he dropped that terrain piece like it would just shatter because of the <laughs> uh, that's what i'm afraid that's gonna happen so, to the guys so moving
1: on to liquid green stuff liquid green stuff i really use only when i have to fill very small gaps uh on plastic models and you know what i don't use liquid green green stuff when i need to do that because i find it's very rare actually for me um Because I don't care about that sort of thing. Like you, you're
2: horrible. I know. I've got,
1: but I'll use. You know what? I I actually use wall plaster because I'm convinced it's the same.
2: No, no. Going
1: by the smell and everything, I'm sure it is the same. It It smells like drywall filler, and I can't see the difference at all with it. It just has fucking food coloring in it or something. Like it's. I'm convinced it's the same. Yeah, and it's not. I don't find it. Once you sand it, it's no more uh, chalky. It's no more. uh, It doesn't have bigger particles in it. I don't
0: see an issue. Now there is also one other um, process you can yeah, use for gap filling on plastic models exclusively and this is if you are going to be using a plastic cement specifically one of the stronger ones like a pro welder a testers and you kind of have to do this really carefully and dry fit all the parts first because what you'll do is you'll put the plastic cement a little maybe even a little bit more heavily than usual. You still don't want to have a like boiling over the sides. We want to have like a decent amount of melt. Squeeze the part together and then take a super fine file and file along the flat areas where the gap will be and then a lot of the shavings from the file will go down and get kind of welded into the gaps.
1: Yeah, it's actually similar to sometimes like with restoring wood furniture and stuff. They'll actually take, you can actually take the wood shavings and the dust and mix it with some of the filler to make, yeah. it turns that original material into the gap filler to get more of a well, seamless effectively exactly the same as particle board it's just yep. as strong once you glue it all in there and it gives you the same coloration mm-hmm. yeah no that's that's a good way to go it's
2: an interesting technique for sure you can almost do that though without using the plastic glue to weld it together because again if i if i'm able well to glue the plastic the two glue, plastic glue is still joints, tacky
1: though it'll give you that
2: seam it'll yeah it'll it. it'll make the seam i think a little bit nicer overall but i mean like you can glue two like flat plastic pieces together and then if there is something you can shave it down so that way the seam the um, The shavings that I peel off from one side will kind of like fill the gap. And yeah, but the trick, with the, pl- the trick with the plastic be,
0: cement is that it is actually melting the plastic along that the, seam. It'll melt the plastic, so when that you do it, put it, into it becomes the hard, hard in, the, in the seam. So you're not going to have any issues of maybe it like
2: it becomes hard in the seam. Yeah, it does. So hard in the seam. I, the only thing with that is I'm just saving a knife blade potentially because again, if you do that with your knife blades, it'll gum it up sometimes. Well, the oh, trick yeah, is no. using a file.
1: No, but so I know what you're saying. Plastic cement gives you that, like, once it does it, because it doesn't dry on metal. It just gives you that gummy shit. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. It's always stringy. Yeah. I, hate b- I also don't ever use plastic cement. Either I don't own that. it.
2: I I super glue. Uh, super glue I
0: like use it a lot, especially now that I've been doing model for models. I think that I'd rather have my models break at the seams than at their not seams. Because
2: the plastic glue <laughs> melts plastic models, if I fuck up. it's gonna melt oh look at his arm his bicep got some plastic I don't use it for
0: everything that I do with no I'm not saying that you do I'm just saying selectively there's some places I prefer to use it it's way stronger especially on those way stronger okay for example when I was assembling Gracie who's just a large pig for the most part it's two halves
1: (laughs) (laughs) a real pig of a model yeah yeah. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. The, I know. I the I, two
0: halves, right? So that's part that I'll assemble with plastic cement, so that I can do that file or that style of filed gap filling. Nice. Damn, with the candy wrapper. Uh,
1: <laughs> that wasn't me. Uh, no, wasn't I, used to, me. I used to use plastic cement all the time and on uh, vehicles because you didn't have to do as much gap filling because you could just smash it together. Some of the plastic glue weld garbage would come out the side, and you just go. <laughs> Rub it with your finger uh, and you're done.
2: Horrible.
1: I I think board <laughs> is judging uh, you so hard right pla- now. Then you pla- get out your 80 grit sandpaper and uh, just sand down the side with the big sanding streaks. Uh, from right, board. 25 grit 25 grit It's just some stones That's I just, used went a mod- outside And got some gravel in a van, just rubbed it On your model.
2: I think I used Plastic cement A lot when I was Like a kid Building like Model airplanes And cars And I I fucked up So much With that Probably because oh, yeah, You were
1: yeah. high On the fumes Probably <laughs> 8
2: year old kid Locked in his Like little basement Like Stopping. room just, Wow uh, I feel
1: like You probably should Have been taken away From your parents If <laughs> you were In the basement uh, With solvents <laughs> <laughs> My parents always Bought For me nice. I remember that You could get The goods these plastic cement that was the orange testers, and they yeah. always got me the oh, non toxic yeah. that was blue. And <laughs> it, it was shocked. It, it worked so bad. And it never
2: worked, and I think that's one of the reasons why but I did not But then I, I think I became a, like of age and I was buying my own glue, and then I was just like, <laughs> of age.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of your, age. It's like, I, I turned 14 and started buying Sano acrylate like a fucking champ. Like a boss. <laughs> But Jeez, know, I was like, I was like whiskey.
2: super glue. What is this? I don't oh, have wow. to buy this. Never going again. back. Yeah, exactly. Right? Once yeah. you go super glue, you never go back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you okay, remember yeah, the one. kid
1: that used to come into GW and his mom wouldn't let him use super glue, so all of his models were hot glue gun together? Oh, yes! Uh,
2: Those were was like, such a train wreck! I was like, this Wraith Lord has seen better days. <laughs> Just covered <laughs> hey, oh, in hot glue. Uh, you want to talk about
1: reversible uh, attachments? You, that is easy to fix. Peel off all the glue and you're good as new. Oh, <laughs> well, what's that? New codex? Star cannons aren't so good anymore? Just <laughs> boop, <laughs> <yeah>. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> no damage to the model. I, I remember that one. So, any other tips or tricks that you guys use when gap-filling before moving?
1: Can we just talk about this for a second? Wait, she was worried about super glue, but a hot, burning glue gun was was totally fine. Totally legit.
0: Not a problem. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure it had more to do with like nose-picking than burning. <laughs> you think well, so? I'm guessing, because otherwise it makes zero sense.
2: <sighs> I don't know. Some some parents that came yeah. into GW had some interesting issues. Oh my actually. god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> guys are elite of snobs. Why don't you sell like Plastic toy men. Um, we do, just not the ones that you're. Not liking. the Green Army not men. The not the come, Green Army like, men. models to a bag for two bucks. Yeah, that's not what. We're not here elitist. For. <laughs> it's just our product. <laughs> a little weird or shuffleboard wax that was an intro
0: <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter Uno was my favorite <laughs> that was
2: we got called back for shuffleboard wax this old lady called us and then she called us back and she's like you're lying to me you do sell it the other store said you carry it I'm like what the hell are they saying at West End <laughs> <laughs> the worst one for me okay this is oh, West End totally would have been like West,
1: Kingsway GW totally carries that <laughs> yeah
0: this is turning exactly. into shit that happened at Games Workshop. Yeah. But the worst, oh, yeah. The worst I ever had was lately asking for uh, Harry Potter Uno. And I'm like, I'm sorry we don't carry that. We carry a game called Warhammer, this kind of thing. She's like, but, but my kid's dying of cancer, and all he wants is Harry <laughs> Potter Uno, and I don't know where to get it. And I'm st- like, this is my third day on the job. <laughs> You're like, uh, I can't
1: help you, and now I'm going to go cry. I'm 14. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, it was um,
2: that dark. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, he recovered.
0: There was a, he recovered.
2: There was like brown stuff as well that got released. Not as good as green stuff. And gray stuff was the worst stuff. Yeah. So I did not know of any of these stuffs. Brown yeah. stuff,
1: a lot of sculptors use for sculpting hard edges. It's just a different <laughs> texture than regular green stuff. It's basically the same two part epoxy. My brown so stuff and green mixture. stuff does have a different texture. <laughs>
0: and the gray stuff was always more rubbery. It would never <laughs> This is, This got weird. <laughs> <laughs> this got weird. No, dude. I knew, I knew this segment was going to be weird. No, Games Workshop <laughs> sold gray stuff for what? a while. What? Yeah. For a little while. They discontinued green stuff and replaced it with gray stuff. Yeah, they stuff. had the back Blue, in the early 2000s. They had the blue-white um, epoxy. Oh, yeah. The I stuff do remember that, that. was absolutely terrible. I do remember
1: that. That was way, way back machine. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's almost like we've been doing this shit for a while.
1: No, I do remember that. Anyway, uh, I think Steve was trying to steer the conversation towards poop, so continue. Can we steer it towards period three, actually? Only in period we, three is poop.
0: Oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> or, in other news, it could be X-Wing. Yeah.
1: That sounds like better I, I, than... So I'm going to defer
0: to the guy that's got the model in w- front of him. We're me. done number two?
1: We're done number two. We're going we're done number, number three. three. <laughs> we, we've filled we've that talked, gap. We've talked about it. That our gap has stuff. been filled.
2: Right. Number two done. Sounds good. All right, so we're going to... I knew that segment was going to be weird. We're taking, <laughs> <laughs> we're taking a look at the new X-Wing um, Raider for the epic play that they have going on. The not-Star Destroyer. The not-Star Well, it's as big as probably the Star Destroyer. It kind of... Okay, is this actually from the canon,
1: this design? No. It was invented by Fantasy Flight and has the rubber stamp from former Lucasfilm, whatever you call it now, Disney. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so effect. what do you guys think this looks like? Do you, are you happy with how this looks? It is very much a miniature Star Destroyer because the Imperial Navy had virtually nothing in between something like a shuttle and, like, a 700-meter Star Destroyer. They had... Very few ships well, that let's were be on in the same scale as most of the rebel cruiser. Let's you be honest, honest here, though. this is this exists in, entirely for no other purpose than to be a star destroyer in epic play because there is no possible way they yeah. can get a star destroyer into epic play at a. It would reasonable be bigger. Oh, it would be bigger than all. the table. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you look at the blockade runner and it fits inside almost the tie launch bay. Yeah, it. So that's not gonna work. And that's like an 18 inch model in scale, and it would fit in. Inside the fighter deck, underneath, yeah. the Stardust. is, mean, so I you don't have these, a table that's going to support that weight. I'm trying to remember <laughs> the exact size. I think a CR90 is what 180 meters ish or something. Yeah, and the, the Stardust Star Star was, Star was, was like over a kilometer. Uh, The smallest one was less than a kilometer, I thought. But the Imperial-class Star Destroyer is, like, much bigger. Like, it was something like six or seven times the length of a CR90. So you'd have a, like, five-foot-long miniature. A Super Star Destroyer was 11 kilometers, and then the other ones were, yeah, a fraction of that. So it would be probably (laughs) around one. Uh, Okay, so what does this do for the game? First first of all, design, though. We just got to finish. I love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I think it, it looks, looks like a TIE. The it Star looks like Destroyer. a Star Destroyer had sex with a TIE Interceptor.
2: The yeah. aesthetic really fits with the Imperials.
0: I love it. I, How about I, you, Tom? I'm I think you're the dissenting. dissenting voice. I fucking hate it. Really? I think it looks like the best. Like, you're saying it looks like it, a Star Destroyer had sex with an Interceptor, and you're saying it like it's a good thing? Star Destroyer and then Interceptor. I think it looks mean. I'm seeing it, and I see that exact same thing, but I cannot possibly imagine that as a good thing. I think it looks mean, like the, I, it the engine array on it, The design looks deadly. confused. Mm, I, disagree. I disagree. I think it has a
1: very, very nice angular focus design. It looks like an angular-focused Star Destroyer. I don't the right like scale. the
0: Interceptor Wings.
1: All right. I could see how you might not like that. I, I, I will concede that they are not of the original Star Destroyer uh, aesthetic, but I think at that half scale in between, it's perfect.
2: Because again, it, chances to are me. it's gonna. Would it go down on planets? Would it. Be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It might enter atmosphere. I'm the, I'm, huh? I'm the only one that's been <laughs> drinking. So. Oh, it would sure
0: it down I'm sure it'll definitely breach the ozone. Let's just put it that way. <laughs>
2: What? Uh, it's so hard to formulate a serious answer to that question. <laughs> what, what did you say? Yes, it would go into the atmosphere. It would enter the okay, atmosphere. Right, there you go. So, <laughs> so poss- possibly air. Need air.
1: Down on the planet. <laughs> attempting re entry. There's all kinds uh, of
2: drones. Right? So, I mean, maybe the, the wings. on full reverse. Maybe the wings are handy for that. I don't know. I'm just. Like they're the uh,
1: solar ion arrays, though
2: that's
1: what
0: they're supposed
1: to be they're totally yeah, the they
2: same
0: panels at time okay alright sure. oh god that was awkward uh, uh, yeah but just edit that out <laughs> no, <laughs> no let's edit it. that out. <laughs> oh, here we'll, do, we'll just answer it this way <laughs> yeah exactly when we'll, we we'll start saying dumb shit we'll just make lots mm. of candy noise uh, that's, that's good a good little go. system
1: in game How often do you guys play Epic Play? That's my first question. The only times we've played those big, like, 300-point games, we just played with a million little ships instead of the big ones.
2: Which I was really excited for.
1: Um, Do you see this thing getting a lot of use? I do not. I can Uh, see a lot of people owning it and playing it with it maybe once a year. How much is it? What, like, 100 bucks? 100 bucks. That's pricey for basically a collector's piece. One of the things I like about it is a lot of the Epic ships, they do come with a smaller ship, and in this case... um, a lot of times, it's not just some random ship that they're including. It's it's with a purpose. So, like for the um, the Rebel transport that came out previously, it came out with an X-wing with an alternate paint job as well as a bunch of new cards and upgrades. So, so it Por- came out Porkins
2: with, was on there. that right.
1: So. gotta have Porkins. Yeah, no, I, and they they use it to rebalance that ship in a way. Yeah, and so the the tie advanced is what comes with the Imperial Raider, and it was long regarded as one of the least points efficient ships in Possibly the game. Possibly the worst ship in the game, Because it had it had really strong defensive stats, a relatively high points cost, and very low offense. So what's the point of all that defense if you're not protecting a worthwhile gun? Yeah. So a lot of the new upgrades um, for the Tie Advance, in addition to the new new uh, pilots, um, you get the the title card for the Tie Advance, which lets you equip a system upgrade for four points cheaper than normal. So you can use an existing system yep. like fire control system, um, advanced sensors, or it comes with the, the TIE advanced only advanced targeting computer, where if you gain a target lock on your defender and don't spend it, you can add a critical hit result to whatever your primary attack weapon role is. So,
2: oh. so essentially this thing is one point then to put on your TIE back. And
1: the neat thing too is that it actually really synergizes too. really well with uh, Merrick Steele, who is one of the older TIE advanced pilots, because he had an ability where, when you cause a critical hit to your opponent's hull, you can draw, I think, three damage cards and choose which result to apply. Okay, that's so really this, powerful. So, if you're getting this upgrade card that is causing automatic critical damage, and then he has an ability that triggers on critical damage, you're basically created a sniper in a way. Exactly. So he headshotting, <laughs> and and you can really tailor that um, that result to your specific opponents. So, if it's like if you're fighting against like the Outrider. You have a triple the chance of drawing the weapon's malfunction that blows off its laser turret. That sort of thing.
2: Yeah. The other nice thing with the amount of cards that you get in the inspection, or expansion? Did inspection? You did. You made up <laughs> a pretty sweet word. Listen, I... Yeah, okay. <laughs> you have to get four of the uh, title cards and actually four of the advanced targets. Yeah, that's a cool
1: thing, well. too, because there are a lot of folks that ran out and hmm. bought two, three, four of these tie advanced when they first came out, and they were just sitting around being a waste of $100, yep. and now you don't have to buy four Imperial Raiders to retrofit your full squadron of Tide advanced. Hmm. You buy one Raider, it fixes all four of your events. You got enough cards. And it so, gives you new pilots to... We haven't talked about the Raider in the game, though, I noticed. <laughs> which kind of comes back to, is this worth it? But I think we'll talk about that final question later. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you were playing a game with this thing. Um, do you see it being useful if you were playing this versus a blockade runner?
2: Uh, typically, if you're going to play like Epic Play and you want to bring the blockade runner, um, all the pictures that I've seen of people playing games on the, all the different forms that I am... Uh, part of, they have the Raider, that's part of it. Well, well, like Dan said, like, English words that came out of your mouth? It was, but that delay was
0: amazing. For all the forums, I am (laughs) part of.
2: of. I was
1: trying
2: to be be Shatner there and talk. There were some commas in the wrong (laughs) places, that's
1: all. <laughs> I feel like that was the new paragraph. There, might, there so might have been some question marks on the teleprompter.
2: <laughs> I am not turning. Sorry, um, Ward. <laughs> that, We're a, not on your level today. Oh, my goodness. Normally we are. Ooh, little, uh, yeah, no. exactly.
1: Is this, I guess what I'm saying is, are these balanced for play? Have you played enough to know?
2: I haven't played enough to know, to be honest.
1: So I've got I a think the general impression is that. It's a little bit more expensive than the CR90. has a little bit better stats in some ways. It's a little bit faster. has a little bit more shields, different special abilities, different upgrades, that sort of thing. I think it's for sure on par with the Rebel version. One of the only things holding it back, in a way, is the Rebels. Um, they had the first two epic scale ships in the game, so for a long time, like they have a lot of Rebel only um, crew cards and team cards that um, they, they only work on the Rebel faction. CR90 right? and the Nebulon. Uh, the other one was the transport. Tr seventy five transport. The Nebulon frigates again were like three oh transports. yeah
2: yeah they had They're the the, the, uh,
0: the weird cylinder. So, yeah, it's thing like the little first
2: transport, transport yeah. is away. Yeah, I know the one, Yay.
0: <laughs> the one that looks that one. like a Car- troglodyte that you've taken the legs <laughs> off of. <laughs> I
2: always yeah. thought
1: it was like a cockroach or something. Yeah, yeah, know. a bug. The one that I would never buy because it's so boring. But it, <laughs> it comes with in- porkins. Oh, that one comes with Porkins? I thought the Blockade Runner came with Porkins. No, the Blockade Runner came with a shitload of crew, like, has really good R2-D2, C-3PO. Oh Kirk my for god, so you play. have to buy the shitty one to get Porkins? Well, I guess you are buying the shitty one to get Porkins. That's kind <laughs> of... <laughs> never, never mind. But you also get Wes Jansen who's actually quite good, okay. and like good Tarn running. Mason? Tarn Mason, I can't remember his name. He's not a main character. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Also, let's be honest here, Porkins... Not a main character either. Fuck you, Steve. He's incredibly memorable, though. Por-
2: Porkins had a legendary. <laughs> I can hold it. Come um Okay. Why so was he in a Starfighter?
0: He I got it, He got
2: in when he was skinny and never got out. That's what happened. He literally got stuck in the accident. <laughs> he got wings. They just brought him chicken, buckets of chicken. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: He's literally my favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh. <laughs> I've got a question for you guys. You play an X-wing. Do you, do you think you could make a format where playing 300 points, if you're maybe um, enforcing the use of these larger ships, like you had to take at least one in a 300 point game, would that almost be viable for, if not a tournament, at least like a a day of gaming? Like, would you? be able to balance that out.
2: If you made a day of gaming you could for a tournament format, I don't see it. Just because there's not enough variety of, like, epic-style ships. But at least now, the Imperials, after, what, like a year and a half of not having any epic-scale ships, Mm -hmm. they
1: have their first ship finally. They had to invent one (laughs) to make something fit the scale of the game. (laughs) Although from from Star Wars Rebels, the cartoon, they're coming out with the, the Gozanti carrier as well. So it's like a little mini frigate that has four Tie Fighters that like dock underneath it. Oh, cool! I can actually, it can actually two. I think it comes with two, but it can I think deploy up to four up to throughout the game.
2: Okay,
1: all right. Huh? But, I like that. Um, so it can actually launch Tie Fighters. Like after, I think it's after it moves, the the Tie Fighters can move from the front movement pegs on the base and like zip it. So it's becoming point. more viable as a as a actual play format because before it was awkward because it was asymmetrical where in the in the fluff the Imperials had these gigantic ships and they were all about their fleet in a lot of ways but because the ships were too fucking big they didn't have any options to actually fit in the scale of the game yeah so before it was awkward because if you wanted to play an epic game the Imperials had no cruisers they had they didn't have the transport they didn't have a CR-90 they didn't have the Imperial Raider which is like an anti-fighter Corvette they call it I think so and at the end of the day, so it can actually the Imperials are actually a valid epic option now. Well, that's that's good. I think that's a really important for the way that they're pushing the game, especially with these models, because what I was going to say is that at the end of the day, are they selling these? Are these flying off the shelves? A lot of people were looking forward to it, to it as much for the tie advanced as it was to actually make the Imperials viable and epic. So they are these ships are selling. A lot of people have the CR90s, have the Rebel transport have the the Raider, but a lot of people are buying it probably more for the upgrade cards, huh, okay. and then just have something really cool on, the shelf, on the shelf that, that you may sense. or may not use every once in a while. Because okay. the 300-point Epic games, they're not... The games take as about as much time to set up as they do to play, because you're you know assembling the bases with the pegs and putting the ships on, getting your tokens ready, getting your cards ready, and then once the game actually starts, there's so much firepower flying around that the ships die very quickly, and... So I, do, I do think the games take a lot more time to set up Than actually play at that level So, so you're, you're not going to see the, it getting the used The epic ships are just like basically nuking Whatever they're targeting for the small stuff Not even to that extent Like even if you're playing the game If you're playing 300 points like TIE Fighter Whatever, TIE Fighter Heavy Swarm Versus a bunch of like B-Wings and X-Wings And all kinds of other small shit There's still so many attack dice mm-hmm. going around You can gang up more that stuff is, di- instead of regular X-Wing where stuff dies every couple turns, you're losing ships constantly. You just yeah. mass your firepower every against the target, iterations. right?
2: So so. When me and Dan played against, like, what was it, Red Squadron versus just TIEs, was just...
1: Yeah, so it was 12 X-Wings fire. against, like, 15 TIE Fighters and a shuttle Invader and whatever the hell else it was.
2: Yeah. Uh, things, yeah, things would die <coughs> pretty quick. Yeah, there were,
1: after a couple of turns, like, half the ships were off the board. Whereas hmm. a normal game of X-Wing, you might be six, seven turns in by the time meaningful casualties start to mount. But you, can, you can't dodge the fire of an entire enemy fleet, is that yeah. the issue? Yeah. So your Fells and whatever, that, they spend their whole time dodging firing arcs normally. If you point 12 ships in its general direction, something's going to be able to shoot him.
0: Yeah.
1: Gotcha. From and it happens... If it happens to be a big gigantic ship, all the better. From a tournament <laughs> standpoint, too, you uh, you need six by four to play this, don't you? Yeah, six you by need six x three. Six x exactly. three. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's a lot more space. Um, it does take a, a lot longer time. per <laughs> rounds. Like the setup <laughs> and deployment. <laughs> the setup and deployment is pretty significant. The round times, instead of being sixty minute rounds, you're probably several hour rounds. It's a lot less conducive to that um, that tournament format, unfortunately. Gotcha. Although. You know, I'm just thinking. So it's still about a perfectly this. viable one-off system. Absolutely, it is.
0: But just thinking about it, you're talking about the setup. But if people are showing up with trays for their for their armies to be set up on, like you would for almost any other game system mm-hmm. that's tournaments, with your cards set up, like your setup wouldn't be that bad if your, everything's already on the peg after game one. No, but that I stuff's think stuff's already there. The, and, the setup maybe it's
1: still slower than a regular game, and the point is the game itself is faster. Is what I think Dan is trying to say. So no. the two meet in the
0: middle, and it is a maybe the same amount of time as before, but yeah, I can see the game But you could shorter. speed that up. There's things you could do to... Totally, yeah. It's not like you're having to dismantle and reassemble and if, anything. And if
1: and people are actually out. bringing the larger ships, like this, the Imperial Raider, I think, is a 100 point base cost. Holy shit, that's actually a lot. Whereas the TIE, yeah. TIE Fighter is 12. Well, figures. and I think <laughs> that's
0: why I asked if like, if there was an enforcement of one large ship, all of a sudden you're really only dealing with, what, two, 200, 180 worth of
2: other ships? I mean if you loaded Raider really as well, then you're
0: soaking like- a lot of points.
2: Also so. though now with the release of the third faction in the game, it's Scum Villain won't but, have anything. But they don't have an epic ship, yeah, that's a problem too. So. Not yet, <laughs> but maybe somewhere <laughs> Although, down the road. Oh I'm I could sure.
1: take six IG eighty eight.
2: There's only four.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you could take all four and then have like 60 to 100 points left over. Oh my god, god all four IG-88s would be ridiculous good.
2: The, o- the other cool thing, though, that I liked uh, with the release of the Raiders, it came out with a bunch of like character cards. Yeah, like the fucking Emperor. You get the Emperor, Grandma Moff Tarkin, yeah, Captain Nita, Admiral Ozzel. The The, thing I didn't like those, you cannot put the
1: Emperor in a fighter, because it would be hilarious, that old, (laughs) decrepit man. You can put him in a shuttle, and he He, just takes up both crew slots. Yeah, Really? Really? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he just takes up two crews. I guess he's got to bring his guard with him. The fact,
2: though, that he's eight points to bring, I don't think And for a
1: very specific ability, where once per round, you can just choose the the result of one of your die rolls. That could be absolutely devastating. If you have (laughs) very specific builds, again, that are centered on that, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Why not? Because I'm dumb. I don't know. There's what about just, advanced sensors? I don't know how many. What does that have to do with uh, not advanced sensors? The uh, advanced targeting computer, where you can. Uh, but it gives you a free a crit. crit already. But Does it give you a free crit? I thought you had to hit. The advanced have a hit, targeting, could change, the advanced into targeting a crit. computer is if you have a target lock on your opponent or, sorry, and you don't spend it, you get one, one free critical result. in The addition. one with uh, you can if you get a crit. Well, I guess you would get a free crit anyways. Never mind. Um, never mind. work. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah like I can't think of it. There don't. There doesn't seem to be a lot of really obvious results on yeah. the imperial, especially for eight points. Yeah. So in an it's epic expensive. game where it's a three hundred point game, you got eight points to throw around. Who gives a shit? Yeah. There's like there's probably something once a turn that you're going to use it for, and, and you have a few extra points to throw around, maybe. But in a standard game, it's it's just one of those things where it's so oddly specific that it's not going to help. A huge amount most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But if you really shoehorn it in there, you might be able to find a way to make it shine. So, what was your favorite thing about this kit? Favorite thing. Your about favorite this single card. Single thing. S- favorite I single card. Whatever. As much as I love Gino Eclipse as a character from the Force Unleashed game and everything, and her character card is awesome. She's one of the advanced pilots. Yep. Um, I do think my favorite thing is simply just the title for the um, tie advanced to take a whole class of ship that you never saw yeah. and make it viable again retrofitting an old ship to make it valid again in the meta worthwhile how about you Ward
2: same thing it's it's basically breathing new life into the okay. I mean I was one of the people that bought four advance because I was like yeah I'm gonna run lots of advance <laughs> and now and, now and <laughs> how often did I do that like not very right so at least with this expansion it it gives it a unique look to new builds and such so that you can tweak them, but... Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I guess we should probably go around the table and give it a rating out
0: of five pucks. Five pucks. Yeah, I don't get to say what my favorite part was about what's it. Your you, what's your talk? favorite part, Do you know
2: anything about it? Uh, honestly, I think my favorite... Here, <laughs> pick a card. That'll be your
0: favorite. No, no. My favorite thing about this release <laughs> is introducing <laughs> this scale of ship into the Imperials.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I think it was a, a gaping thing. hole in
1: the product range. I think it sure. goes. that goes the same, for sure. That's... Yeah, they needed it. Well, I just said it. Okay. Yeah, and it goes down on. Don't planets. steal his thunder. It does go down <laughs> on
2: planets. <laughs> the only the only thing hotter than that is planet on planet action. No, the only That's thing sure. hotter than
0: that are atomic fireballs. Oh, okay. Individually wrapped atomic fireballs. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, I'll start since I know the least about it. Apparently, because Tom knows that it's imperial.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you did, from looking at it, you did I knew it was know imperial, that. It too. But I'm just, yeah. giving Tom some credit. <laughs> I'm gonna give it God oh, damn it that hurts. It's <laughs> throwing my candy. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: give it a That's candy. I uh, I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Alright. Uh, only because it is so expensive and I wish there was more formats you could play with it in. I think it's really cool, but just to rebalance a ship, eh, couldn't they have just released like an advance with a new paint job? Don't expect They could, could have done it separately. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. I'm three uh, leaning towards the four.
0: That's me. Okay. I think I'll go four on this one because it it definitely, like I said, it fills that design space where maybe Epic Play will be more accessible now. Yeah, fair enough. With two factions having options. On top of that, they go out of their way to not make it a waste of time and money by releasing all those other cards. I I still think it looks... Like, okay, here's the thing. It looks cool... But I think the design is stupid, if that makes any sense.
2: <laughs> you would not believe how it many It looks pe- cool until you think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would not believe how many people are excited for that ship to get released, though, in Armada scale. And it is pretty hilarious to see the, like, two-inch long version in Armada.
1: And, and, then, and then, then, then the, like, foot-and-a-half-long version in <laughs> next wing. That is pretty funny. Uh, yeah I yeah, know if, if more people start playing uh epic scale and it becomes more of a thing and people but get, this model out. is creating that space and if that happens then I would probably bring mine up to a four but right now it's it's a three Okay. Yep, yeah, I'll I'll firmly give it a four as well because for me it's legitimizing the rebel large scale ships that I bought and never really used. There you go. It's now. I know both of my factions or two of the three factions anyway. But do any of your rebel ships go down on planets?
0: <laughs> Not yet. Only on only on planets populated by Ewoks.
1: Ooh.
0: that's weird. Actually, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Ward. Ward, tell me about my. Did I my say ship? four?
1: I meant to say four. You said, you said four. four. <laughs>
2: you said four. I am giving it a it's four. It's been a long episode. Nice. Oh whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. Did we all get... No, no, Steve gave it a three. I gave it nah. a three, leaning towards a four, though.
2: Oh, okay. I'm giving it a four. Um, the paint job overall is uh, pretty good. Uh, the different grays... The grays... It's a pretty mean oil. oil wash on that thing. <laughs> it is a pretty mean oil wash. Um, I don't like the fact that the back is so open and there's no, like, engine glue. <laughs>
1: Your Ship so goes you, down yeah. on planets in the back. So, so you are not a big uh, yeah. fan of
2: the gaping hole in the back? <laughs> I'm just gonna drink some more I you to You sculpt say? some like fingers. Yeah, I yeah, so yeah, was, was gonna say, engine. is he gutsy
1: or goatsy? <laughs> okay. More importantly, I think the thermal exhaust could, port. Why, on why the back? didn't they just paint that blue? Right? Yeah, yeah they could have put like a decal on there or
0: something, something to have a big blue engine glow. It is
1: yeah. pretty pretty boring from that. Like the it's got the
0: burnt like uh, engine exhaust maybe they just especially the RC Falcon has fucking glowing lights maybe
2: they turned off the engines who knows but I yeah that coupled with a little bit of extra dollars that it costs I'm just like no nah, it's not a full five we'll give it a four. Oh yeah hell no That's, that's
1: although you need to put LEDs in this so yes bad.
2: oh there was a guy that did that oh my goodness looks amazing he yeah, did that, uh, that chip with the LED glowing engines looks amazing well, can you Mike, pop it apart I'm sure you Let's can. try it. With great difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike ripped apart one of his uh, Armada ships, and he's starting to like light it up and that sort of thing. So I, that's yeah. true.
1: I saw the picture, and I was like, you are crazy, sir. Mm-hmm. That thing would be so easy, though. It's so big. If that's all hollow yep. in there, that's so... I think the tr- that. The tr- one of the tricky things, I'm sure, with this ship is the wings on the side are actually quite fragile. Yeah, yeah. So removing them without breaking them is a bit of a challenge. Even removing the model from the package without breaking it was too difficult for some nah, people. I
2: was going to try. Really?
1: Yeah, there were people that were breaking it, popping it out of the out of the box. All All
2: right. Right. I was not one of those
0: people. <laughs> Clearly not? No.
2: I okay. S- I passed.
0: So that kind of wraps that up. Uh,
2: Ward, what events are coming up? Oh, son of a nutcracker. I'm um, <laughs> not at the ready. When's Onslaught? <clears throat> well, before Onslaught, we've got a couple things coming up. Um, okay. At the posting of this episode, there should be people playing... In Kamloops for the Attack X uh, convention going on there. So lots of different game systems. So too late. Too late. You're out. You did not make it. Um, But after that, we've got a fall Dystopian Wars tournament going on at Imaginary Wars in Calgary on September 20th. You can take a Naval or Air Corps for that event. And and you can tell Kyle happy birthday because his birthday is on the 23rd. I know because it's also my birthday. And it's somebody else's birthday, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Orlando Blue. probably a lot of people's (laughs) birthday. Orlando Blue. Orlando Blue.
0: David Usher.
2: (laughs) And Johnny Depp.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've got another one probably before your next event.
2: is the Malifaux event at All-Star on September 26th. No, you owe me a beer because the event that I have is the Malifaux fall event. On September 26th, do you have the details on there? Uh, I don't know how many soul stones it is. I can tell you exactly what the fuck it is. So you owe me a beer. Not mm. oh,
0: too late. You owe each other a beer. Just keep talking. Maybe a hand job.
2: Whoa,
0: Anyways, so Took the way Sorry,
2: I only go down on planets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty big. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this has been a terrible episode. Oh my god, <laughs> we're, oh, we need Mike. We need an adult. All right, um,
2: what, what okay, we're so
0: now. the way it works is there's going to be a henchman hardcore, which is a <laughs> <laughs> 20 soulstone, uh, four models, has to include a henchman, plus three other models. No summoning allowed. Uh, and it plays with Assassinate and Turf War, and that's it. And they're quick rounds, and there's also going to be a Enforcer Brawl where you bring one Enforcer, and it's more or less like a Royal Rumble. And then at the end of the day, there's going to be a story encounter. Is there a steel cage match? Yes.
2: Nice. Dun, 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 okay, what do you dun, have next?
0: Dun, 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 What's your dun, next dun. event, Ward?
2: I then Another have the Kipper's melee in Nanaimo, uh, B.C. on October 16th through 18th. Again, several different gaming systems. Check out their website for more details. I have one on the 17th, 18th. Oh, son of a nut car. Okay, go ahead. The you said that Blood and Gears. Oh, yeah, that's the fun. Yeah,
0: Brian Sin's um, War Machine Masters event. So it, as far as I know... It's sold out. It's sold out, but get on the waiting list because <laughs> it sold out like six months ago, so there's a good chance people are dropping.
2: Well, people said that they were going six months ago, and now we'll see who is yeah. actually
0: going. So, money is due by October 1st, so if you get on the waiting list now, there's a good chance for some of those drops you can actually get on it.
2: There you go. Exactly. Cool beaners. Uh, the weekend after that is Onslaught! <laughs> so, yeah, I'm running eight different events over the weekend. Uh, Malifaux, 40k, Fantasy, with which is going to be 8th edition, not Age of Sigmar this time around. Dystopian Wars, Firestorm Armada, X-Wing... What don't am I missing? <laughs> I don't You're say a event, dude. <laughs> I can't. do an Infinity? Too many, yeah, Infinity. Too many fingers. I don't know what's Drop going zone? on. Drop Zone?
0: No. Malifaux, did you say that? I said Malifaux. You say War Machine? Okay, well, look at his own website <laughs> that he can't remember. Okay, let's try this again. Probably 40K
2: Fantasy, yeah. War Machine, Malifaux, Dystopian Wars, Firestorm, X-Wing, Infinity. Done! There we go. Nice, excellent. Second tries the charm, oh, brother. It's amazing. I'll be there. playing. It's all good.
0: Uh, um, yeah, I will definitely be there playing some War Machine and uh, Malifo, So I challenge you all to some games. So I should put
2: you down for those then. Yes.
1: Okay. All yeah, right. I'm pretty sure I have a box full of X-wing chips on my doorstep right now. Mm-hmm. So
2: I almost I'll forgot. Be playing X-Wing. I was gonna. I I said that you didn't pay me yet, which is. True however but I forgot our previous arrangement of BattleTech figure for X-Wing Oh my god guys
0: stop it <laughs> I love it in. I love how the current hobby night <laughs> currency is BattleTech Black market <laughs> battle. Just, just between
2: me and Dan, it's awesome. <laughs> this is literally the worst um, thing that's
0: ever happened to us.
2: Lots of lots of room <laughs> still open for War Machine and Infinity right now. Uh, Firestorm and Dystopian are both twenty five percent sold out. Is Infinity on the Sunday? Infinity is on Saturday. And forty K is on Saturday. Forty K is on Sunday. Oh, then I'll play both those. Okay, there you go. Um, Dan, you should play both. Forty K is uh, approximately twenty five percent sold out. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy is one-third sold out. And mm-hmm. yeah, so people are one. in on uh, the last bit there. That one pick, and X Wing is like X Wing is, like, is like usually signed up, right? Yeah, it's seventy five percent sold out, pretty much. What? So, Holy balls! So yeah. yeah, So I'm looking at possibly trying to make more room for. It's probably weird X-Wing. when you can't see my weird raise
1: the roof hand motions. Yeah, yeah that noise. That just was me making noise. strange noises on the podcast. Yeah, I
2: guess there's a couple and guys I'm
1: completely stone sober. <laughs> that's sad. There's a You're couple guys coming weird.
2: from Red Deer and a bunch of guys from around this area. That sort of thing. So yeah.
1: International hoedown. Yeehaw.
0: <laughs> International. So yeah, so basically, right the moral of the story is, come up to that event, there'll be a lot of us uh I'm sure Mike will here be for, there playing something. Yeah, Mike um, will be there. Maybe
2: Malifaux? I think he said Malifaux?
0: Nice. So that'll be the whole <laughs> Hobby Night crew. We'll be down there at least awesome. playing something, so come check, check us out. now. Uh, You'll see the crazy jerseys uh, play some games against Tom, us. Tom's Check out large- Ward going down on planet. Tom's
2: the large one if you're looking for him, apparently. <laughs> the one with the substantial gravitational <laughs> He's pull. He's kind of large, she said. I'm not a, uh, never, You know what? I'm just... <laughs> let's sign off. Let's this let's has been off.
0: a very... rambly episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Lance. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Steve. And sorry,
1: Mike. <laughs> Just sorry. You picked a good one to not be here for. I think we can blame him, anyways, for not reigning us in and keeping us honest. <laughs>